Hello, and thank you for listening. I'm Corey Banks, and I'm here with William Merrill. We are Triscale Logistics, a supply chain consulting company based in Calgary, Alberta. This is Triscale Logistics CMI and Supply Chain, where we will be examining supply chain topics and technology innovation. CMI stands for Change, Motion, and Illumination, which is what a Triscale represents and displays the innovation, movement, and transparency required for optimized supply chains. This CMI supply chain will take a closer look at leadership strategies to achieve results. For more information on this topic and other supply chain and technology innovation topics, Triscale Logistics has blogs available at blog.triskelogi.com or blog.triskelogi.com. Thank you again for listening. Let's talk CMI and supply chain. To set the context for our conversation, we will provide a quick leadership overview, and then we'll talk about some examples where changing leadership approaches have resulted in significant cost reduction. So I think there's really two important things about leaders. They um, need to value and respect and include and empower their team. Um, Leaders are also seen as people who drive results in an organization um, to accomplish the objectives and the cost savings reductions that you need to achieve in order to be profitable. Um, But really, if you focus on one or the other, you don't necessarily get the results that you might be looking for. And so it's the combination of both approaches that lead to the greatest organizational success. If you're a personable leader, but you don't achieve the organizational objectives, at some point, you're not going to be the leader. But, and if you're a leader that gets results at all costs, regardless of how it makes people feel or how engaged those people are at the end of the day, eventually your results are gonna suffer and you're gonna end up um, alienating the workforce that you're trying to engage in order to be a great leader. So it really requires a balance between the two approaches, valuing and respecting people and driving for results in order to create long-term sustainable success within an organization. I think that, there are four key behaviors that leaders need to exhibit to maximize organizational performance. Firstly, leaders need to be inclusive and they need to listen to the ideas of the team and their key stakeholders. And when we talk about inclusion, we're not talking about demographics or diversity, but we're talking about listening to different ideas and ways of doing things and hearing what people are saying. And the answer isn't no, the answer is yes and, and you build on the ideas of the team that that bring them forward to you. And then second, leaders assess the world around them and they make the decisions on when and how to collaborate internally within their departments or externally with vendors or customers. Collaboration requires a pretty high degree of trust and so it's really important that you um, pick business partners or partners internally that you know are going to be able to actually work together. Third, leaders need to value and respect their teams. They need to demonstrate the values that they expect from others. And if they don't, they're not going to be trusted and they won't be perceived as good leaders. So they really need to be purposeful in their communication and they need to be very, very thoughtful about how they treat the people around them. And then finally, the fourth um, part of exhibiting uh, leadership is being able to um, outline Um, the action required to behave in a way that drives the required results. As an example, you want to be able to say, these are my expectations, this is what success likes, and here's what's going to happen if we don't achieve those successes. Corey, can you give us some examples of behavior that create challenges implementing projects and what strategies someone could employ to get the necessary results? Sure, some of the things that I see from leadership um, when they're 
trying to implement projects is not clearly defining expectations up front and not making sure that the entire team is aligned and clearly understands what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. And when you um, need to be able to be aligned in order to achieve the results, you, you really need to make sure that you have conversations with people and those conversations need to be um, at multiple different levels. They need to be very casual, they need to be structured, you need to bring the whole team together, you need to have conversations with the individuals because people are gonna hear different parts of the message at different points in time. And when you're trying to start change, you wanna make sure that people have heard the message a couple of different ways before you start to embark upon making changes. You need to listen to any concerns that those people might have. I always say that I like those complainers, the ones that always say, well, this won't work and that won't work, because that actually allows you as a leader to understand where some of your challenges might be before you start to embark upon trying to change a process. You talked about facilitated business process reviews. Why are those important and what outcomes would you expect from this approach? Well, one of the things that I uh, think is really important, Will, is when you're um, meeting with a group of, of people and you want to change a business process from an old way to a new way, you want to make sure that everybody understands and has the same common understanding of what actually is happening today and then what is it that you're trying to change within that process. And so I find that having a neutral, um, nonpartisan facilitator creates a space where that person can ask questions that maybe the leader or other people on the team wouldn't be able to ask without getting a kind of a, an emotional response. And so when you focus on business processes and you walk through step-by-step step what your organization is doing, and then you look at what's a value-added versus non-value activity in that um, business process review, it really hi highlights very quickly where your opportunities might be and it creates alignment across a whole bunch of different stakeholders. So when you have a facilitated business process review, it's really important that you've got all the stakeholders, that you've got sales, marketing, operations, supply chain, finance, accounting, and they're all in the room at the same time. And yeah, they might not necessarily have anything to do with the um, upstream process, but in a lot of cases, they're a downstream stakeholder of activity that's going on in the organization, and they need to know what all the pieces are in order to be able to effectively understand what's required of them going forward in the future. Once people understand what's required of them, then you can actually start to make changes to the processes that you're looking for. So in the introduction, you mentioned that action, behavior, and consequences are key to achieving sustainable change. Can you explain consequence leadership and how to manage it? Sure. Consequence leadership is the understanding that you have a desired set of actions and behaviors that you need in order to achieve the objectives that you're trying to achieve. One of the fundamental principles about people, though, is that we don't always change just because. Um, we usually change because there's a reason for us to change. And um, if you don't have a consequence, positive or negative, that it you know compels people or incents them to make the change, they just simply won't change. So as a leader, you need to be really aware of how the human brain works and how um, having consequences can have a really powerful impact on sustaining change and embedding it in how you do the work. A really good example um, of leadership consequences is 
you know, if you decide that you're going to run a red light, you've made a decision that you're not going to stop at that red light, and there may or may not be a consequence. If the first time you do it, you get away with it, nobody see, sees it, you might be compelled to do that thing, even though you know you're really not supposed to be driving through red lights. Um, but if there's a negative consequence, i.e. you get a ticket or you have an accident or whatever, you're far less likely to actually take that action that you know is not the right action and um, actually make the improvement that you need, i.e. stop at the red light. So when you're focusing on embedding change, you need to have both positive and negative consequences. Positive consequences for people who are embracing the change and or who are taking the action that's expected in order to achieve the results. And then negative consequences for people who are not. And those consequences escalate. So the more somebody does the things that you're asking them to do, the more positive the consequence. The less somebody's doing what you're asking them to do, the more negative the consequence. And you might start off with just retraining or re-embedding messages and move it in a negative consequence all the way to something like a demotion or a termination of an employee, which is pretty extreme. But at the end of the day, if they're not making the change and actions that are required in order to achieve the objectives, you've got to really look very closely at whether or not that person is actually ready to change and whether or not they're the right person to be inside the organization. I think one of the biggest things about leadership is um, it's really important that you um, walk the walk, talk the talk. I mean, everybody says that. It's so much harder to do, especially when there's competing priorities, when you might end up in different ethical situations. Um, it becomes sometimes a fine line and you really have to make sure you stay centered and you really need to make sure that you're empathetic and that you value all the different points of view from the people that are around you is when you can do that and when you can hear all those different points of view, you can develop strategies that allow you to lead an organization through massive transformational change. If you just force it on people and say, this is what we're doing and how we're doing it, so let there be done, the minute you take that, the force away that says thou shalt, they'll stop doing it. So you'll see this with dictatorial leaders where they'll say, you're going to do this and you're going to do it right now. And as soon as that dictatorial leader no longer works for the organization, people go back to their old ways of doing things. So if you want to sustain change, you need to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. And you need to be able to incent people to permanently change their behavior. And you need to do it in a constructive way so that after you're gone, they'll remember the lessons that you've taught them. They'll take them forward with you and they'll build and add to those lessons within your organization and create that continuous change that you're looking for. So I think those are some of the really key things about leadership changes for improvement. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to Tricycle Logistics, our CMI and supply chain um, podcast, and our discussion on leadership strategies for improvement. In the future, we're going to talk about value stream mapping to identify waste and reduce your costs. We're going to talk about different cost reduction approaches that you can take in order to actually highlight, identify, and eliminate waste in your supply chain. And in March, I'm really excited about the series that we're going to start on that was then, this is now, and how technology is shifting how we do things today and how we might do them in the future with this next wave of disruptive technology coming at us. Thank you for tuning in. Please send us your comments and questions, as well as let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more about. 
Again, this has been Corey Banks and William Merrill from TriScale Logistics. This has been CMI and Supply Chain, insights into supply chain and technology innovation.